Parenting is work, like a lot of work, and it can be easy to feel like nobody understands. Well, I am here to tell you, as a mom of four, including infant twins, <laughs> that at the end of the day, we're all just figuring it out as we go. You are not alone. I'm Summer Shepherd, and this is, no seriously, how do I do this? Hey, hey, welcome back. I feel like we just saw each other. <laughs> You know, we really, I normally release this podcast every two weeks, but today is a special little bonus because I released an episode last week that directly corresponds to this one. So I figured it would be merciful to do them back to back, right? So last week we re-released an episode we did just about a year ago with Rebecca St. James talking about where we were in our life at that time. And just recently, I was able to visit Nashville and visit her and catch up. And there are just those people you sit across the table from, and it's like no time has passed at all. And this girl is the real deal. So once again, we talk about that topic of hope deferred, but we go beyond that. We talk about shining and owning in the moment that you are at right now the good and the bad, and how to have hope and faith to get through it, and how to encourage others on their journey. So I hope you are blessed. I was blessed. And here she is, ladies and gentlemen, Rebecca St. James. But I am just... I'm grateful that you're here. And I just want to thank you for for coming out. I mean, we talked over a year ago now. Which is crazy. That is so crazy. I mean, just... We were super pregnant, both of us. Oh, both of us. And we were both like ready to pop anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. (laughs) And I remember following along, just being like, has Rebecca had her baby? (laughs) I'm pretty sure I reached out to Ashley and I'm like, how's Rebecca doing? Is everything good? And then when I saw that it was released, that River was born and just that celebration of, of knowing all that you had gone through to get to that point Mm -hmm. and those expectations Mm -hmm. when you were young of what your life was going to look like. And I know we talked about that last time of just, you were one of a million kids and and, and seven is a lot. (laughs) And you thought that that was going to be your future. Uh You wanted that to be your future. Mm -hmm. And here you are, you know, in your thirties and you Mm -hmm. hadn't even met Mr. Right yet and having to kind of let go of that dream and going through this disappointment and then here he comes, your husband, and then, you know, kids and miscarriages and, and all of that. And now you have this fresh little baby, you know, a, a little bit later in your journey mm-hmm. and just seeing God's provision. And so maybe someone's listening who hasn't listened to that first episode or isn't as familiar mm-hmm. with your journey. Like, what, what would you yeah. want them to know about what God had brought you through? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when I think of a scripture that kind of sums up, you know, probably a couple seasons in my life. It's not just one, but at certain points in my life, I've definitely felt that idea of hope deferred makes the heart sick, you know, and I think my singleness was so much longer of a season than I thought it would be. You know, I, um, I spoke about purity. I spoke about relationships. I spoke, spoke about waiting for your husband. I mean, since 16 pretty much I mean I started in full-time music at 16 and almost immediately I started speaking about that and felt very led to talk about it so even my song wait for me that I'd written for my future husband that I didn't know yet even singing that song at a certain point became really painful because it represented hope deferred it's like Mm -hmm. I'm singing about this guy 
And I still hope that he's going to show up, that this is something that God put in my heart that will come to pass, but there's no guarantee of that. And so, and as every year would go by, I, I think I've got more and more discouraged. So God, I mean, I, I look now at the last 10 years of my life and I say it to people. I mean, I say it so regularly, like I cannot even believe how much he has redeemed in this last season of my life. In 10 years, like we've been married now 10 years, he, he gave me this husband who's amazing, who loves me, who did wait for me too, which is also a miracle because he's a super hot guy and he waited, <laughs> which is just amazing. So yeah. even that is just grace on grace. But, um, but then he's given us three beautiful, healthy children, which again was not a guarantee that I could have any kids starting at 36. You know, yeah. like we, we got married a few years before that. But um, so I just feel like the redemption that Jesus has brought to my life and the hope that he, the hopes fulfilled is such a story. Cause I feel like a lot of people feel like hope is being deferred in their life. And I think even right now, I think everywhere I look, it's like for various reasons, people feel hope deferred is making their heart sick. So it's a joy to be able to share what God has done and how much he's redeemed in my life. And I think when we are in that season of deferral, it's really hard to see how it will ever get oh, gosh, yeah. better. Yeah. I mean, but I even look back at my life, you know, how far it's come in 10 years yeah. or 20 years or 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I look at that and I'm like, but in that moment, if you would have told me I'd be where I am today with who I am today, having what I have today in my family or anything, I just, you can't see it. Yeah. And I, I, you and you wouldn't have believed it if someone had told you, right. And I'm grateful no one did. Yeah. I'm grateful that the surprises that Mm. unfolded, unfolded the way that they did. I'm I'm grateful for the seasons of hardship that got me to where I am because, you know, we go, we think, we play that mental game where it's like, okay, if I had a time machine, I could go back and I could give myself anything. What I tell myself, you know, don't date that guy. Just right. trust me. But I, I wouldn't because who knows? It's like the butterfly effect, right? If that yeah. hadn't happened, what else wouldn't have happened? Totally. And I wouldn't trade where I am today yes. for anything or trade how I got here. Yes. But And what you've moment, learned in yeah. those gross moments too, right? But in this moment looking forward, Rebecca, I have no idea. And I've learned to embrace that. That's good. But in those times of hardship, it's really hard to imagine that it's ever not going to be this. I know. And that it's ever going to get better because we are so nearsighted. Yeah. And so someone who is in that place right now, for whatever reason they're in that place, whatever they're dealing with right now, what what hope would you give to Mm -hmm. them? Mm -hmm. I think probably the first thing that comes to mind is that God can change a lot in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we think, oh, to get over that trauma, you know, to to recover from this thing that happened in my life, it will just take so long. And, oh, just, you know, it'll be just so heavy and so hard. And sometimes that is true. But I feel like for me, when God brought my husband, within a, a year, I was from this place of wondering if that dream would ever come to pass. And then meeting him and then getting married and my whole life looked different. I had, you know, this best friend and partner in all of it and um, just able to journey through the highs and lows with him, which I think is one of the most beautiful things about marriage is you just got your person that is just going through all of it with you. And, and I don't take that for granted. And I I don't think I ever will. 
Um, but I, I also think when we went through kind of our winter season, I mean, it, it was heavy on a lot of levels. I mean, we were three years into marriage at that, no, four years into marriage at that point. We were trying for a second child and it wasn't happening and I miscarried and miscarried again. Probably the first time of that feeling on a real deep level that my body's kind of betraying me or not doing what it was meant to do, like created to do in a way. And um, just the questions of that and what is going on and will it change and um, all of it. So, and then my husband too was going through vocational challenges. He had had a job that he loved and then that was gone and it was just like turmoil for him on a masculine level. So we were hit at our feminine and masculine core really, both of us at the same time. And I remember just feeling like, we're looking at each other, needing encouragement for each other, from each other, and just not having it, you know. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty naturally encouraging person, but it, it's like, and I think I tried, but at a certain point it kind of felt like, even for him, that it was falling on deaf ears a little bit. And so it was a really, really deep winter. And other various things were coming into play at that time too, like, just, you know, questioning how we're going to survive financially, you know, in the future and um, uh, other outside extended family stuff that was super heavy, a lot just dumping at once. And I think a lot of people feel that. So in that time, I remember just going, Lord, all we know to do is just open our hands and trust you in this time, even though, even though we don't feel that hopeful. Like just go speak what we know. Like, God, you are good. God, you're the great redeemer. You can redeem anything. And we've committed the rest of our lives to trust you. In our past, we've trusted you and you've come through. We know you're going to come through somehow, but we don't see how. <laughs> so it was kind of just like, you know, actively doing that individually and together somewhat. And then, and then God just like literally changed my life out of the blue and brought a new spring season. So I, I suppose what I'm saying, like, and it, and it happened overnight. I mean, it was literally in a matter of minutes. So what I'm saying to the person listening that's in that winter is God can do a lot fast and open your hands and trust him in the process and speak what you know of, about him. Mm-hmm. Speak what he's done. Remind yourself of what he's done in the past and how he's been good and the redeemer in the past, and it will help you now. Mm-hmm. I think of how many times in my life, <laughs> maybe it's like a exercise program or something, where I am I put off starting, I put off starting, and now it's a year later. I'm like, man, imagine how hot I'd look if I had started this then. Like, and we spend so much of our life looking back and just reeling with whiplash at how quickly things ended up playing out, despite how stuck we felt in the moment. And it can go for the good, like for you, where you say, you know, I never would have imagined within the course of a year, I would be, is God going to ever meet this to now I am married and I have, I have all of that. And it was in the blink of an eye when like, for example, my husband just got back from three weeks away in the military and, and it was like, oh, at the beginning of that, it's like, this is going to take forever looking back. Couldn't believe it was already done. Yeah. And in those struggles, even in my marriage, where it was just, it was heavy and it was hard and we're just, we feeling stuck. He had just gotten laid off or there were unmet expectations in our relationship that you just feel like this is never going to get better or he left for the military in the first place, gone for six months. Gosh, I can't imagine. Life just stops. Yeah. And then you look back 
And it's already been three and a half years. But then on the other side of that too, where it can get better very quickly, it can get worse very quickly. I know. And I I don't mean that in a way to like be a mood killer. No, we have to acknowledge it though, right? We have to. It's a a part of life. There's a friend that I have who... Two, two friends. This has been a, a disturbing trend, but I have a friend who waited her whole life to meet her husband. And in her forties, she met him and she got married. And just before their one year anniversary, he was murdered. Oh my goodness. And then just another oh, friend. Oh, it's so tragic. And, oh, and you know, and just, you know, you bleed for them. You hurt yeah. for them. And just recently another friend met her husband there in their forties. And within seven months of marriage, he passes away from cancer. Oh my goodness. And so I look at those Summer. things oh, and I'm those so things sorry. can very easily drag us down For and sure. pull us through the For mud sure. and bring us down. But what, oh, yeah. what we have to choose is like, okay, Lord, I want to see these struggles around me. I want to pray for them. I want to love them and be there for them in any way that I can. But Lord, let me glean from this an appreciation for the moment that yeah. I'm in, yep. for the good that I have now, mm-hmm. because the fact is life is short. Yeah. And the good, it, you know, it's not always going to be this good, but the bad, it's not always going to be exactly. this good. Exactly. And even if those those hopes that are being deferred, they are never met. Like the, the, we right, never have right, our happy right, right. ending this side of heaven. Heaven's coming. It is. And it's going to be here in the blink of an eye. It and is. better days are coming no matter how good yes. or bad our so days good. are. So good. That will preach, girl. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's, so I've wow. just been seeing that a lot lately. And so how have you, now that you have, your husband, and you have these kids, how do you practice living in the moment you are and appreciating the time you're in, good or bad? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's another thing that you learn too is even when your dreams come true, life is not perfect. Like, I think there's a sense, and I, I definitely remember feeling it when I was single, like, when I get to marriage or when I get to having this family and having this dream come true that I've always wanted, Life will just be like, you know, ecstatic all the time. I mean, I'm not actually consciously thinking those words, but like on a subconscious level, I think there's that expectation. And then when curveballs happen with your dreams having come true and things aren't perfect and it's it's just real life, you know, um, it's sobering and it's a little disillusioning at certain points. And so I think I have to remind myself intentionally of of what I have like look at your life like and I have friends too similar to you who are just going through like the worst of the worst you know and Mm -hmm. some that are battling for their lives um some that have kids that are you know like they're actively raising their kids but they're battling for their life like and it's like curveballs like that and so I feel like I I have to then look at that and go lord look at, at these healthy children that you've given me my husband and I right now have our health Thank you for that. Thank, thank you for the season that we're in. We're still experiencing these hardships and this is a bummer and this, you know, and you kind of have to grieve those hardships too. You have to actually acknowledge them. You don't just stuff them down because obviously it will come back up and, you know, be harder if we stuff our pain. We've got to talk about it in, in safe community. Um, but also just speaking the good. Like I, I read a... Um, a statistic I, I really, really like Caroline Leaf, who is a neuroscientist and she's a Christian and just super duper solid, written some amazing books. And she talks about the three to one ratio. We For every kind of negative toxic thought that we have that we can ruminate on, we have to actually intentionally 
find three things that are beautiful and good and positive to kind of replace that toxic thought. Mm -hmm. And we have to grieve the toxic thought. Like we have to actually acknowledge that. Like we don't step it again. But we intentionally, once we've dealt with that toxic thought, we think of three things that are that we can be thankful for, that that are beautiful, that are good. And it takes away those three things help take away the power of that one thing. But isn't that interesting? That it takes three things to undo the power of the one because I think Often we can, even on social media, right, we can have a hundred people say yes. these beautiful, amazing, encouraging things. And it takes that one critical person mm -hmm. that can kind of just steal our and joy for the see. whole day or for the whole week or whatever. Like I can't read comments mostly on social media because of that reason. I'm just too sensitive. I mean, I still get some of it, but I kind of have to filter it because I'm just too sensitive. I can be bowled over by it. But I think we have to intentionally do that in our life because there's always good. There's always good. There's always beauty, but we have to look for it, I think. Mm -hmm. And you do that a lot. You use your story. You use your children to remind people that spring is possible mm -hmm. after a hard winter. And I love when you bring River up because, yeah, what, what better representation of spring than new life? Exactly. I mean, there, there's a reason we associate the two and, and that hope of spring and all of that, but there's beauty in everything. Like you said, looking back on those winter days, what do you think those taught you? Would you, would you trade them at this point? Having had <laughs> the, the things answered? I mean, I think at certain points in my life, I would say, yes, I would definitely trade them. Like I, you know, I just didn't want to have to go through that. That was just too hard. And it kind of knocked the life out of me. And I just felt so bowled over by it. Now looking back, I think the wisdom and the compassion even that has been gained and the story that has been gained mm -hmm. from it that I can share with other people that can be used is so beautiful and powerful that yeah I wouldn't want to walk through that again you know necessarily but having the choice of this perfect easy life that went through nothing but I have nothing to share with other people and I'm not that empathetic and I haven't had to really cling to God so I don't have that strong of a faith because it hasn't been tested I would take the hardship above the easy life because of the fruit of it, the fruit in my relationship with God, the fruit in what I can offer to other people because I, I wouldn't have the hope that I have unless it had been tested. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to relate to other people going through deep pain and weep with them if I hadn't gone through things that at the time felt like, you know, you're walking through hell in a way. Like, I mean, it's just yeah. really, really challenging stuff that is deep, deep, deep traumatic pain. I am thankful now and thankful to have a story to tell that is hopeful and life-giving for other people. Well, you know, you can't appreciate the light without the darkness. Exactly. You hear, you hear that, you know, we, we appreciate things for their juxtaposition to other yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and the Bible tells us that we can rejoice in our hardships because of what they're bringing us to through what they've brought us through. Well, even that scripture about for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Mm -hmm. So he was looking to the other side of it going, this will redeem the world. Like this, this, this will be the biggest gift to humanity. He didn't want to go to the cross, right? He's like asking God, is there another way? But let your will be done. Like he, he, faced the ultimate pain that any human has ever faced, but he looked to the joy beyond it. And I think we have to do that too. Mm -hmm. And accepting that it may never come to be 
what we want it to be. Like I rejoice with you, Rebecca, that you did meet the man of your dreams and you had your family and you have kids and you have that. Some people, the reality is that might be not your be dream, their story. but that's not the way right. it goes. And I have friends that are in that place, uh, deeply painful, but, agonizing. But what God hopes is not to answer our prayers the way we're praying. Like he right. knows what we need yes. and it's not always what we want. Exactly. And it might be very painful to mourn those things. Yes. And it's important. And I would say it's important to mourn those things because yes. my tendency is, is to look at my expectations and my disappointments and dismiss them right. and to justify why I shouldn't be feeling this way right. because other people have it so much worse than me. Who right. am I to complain? Right. The fact is take that mourn that yes. and be met in that yes. and brought to a better place. And I think that as believers, we have the hope of heaven yeah. and it might sound trite and it might sound simple to be like, if your life sucks, it's fine. You'll have heaven one day, but it's also true. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I don't yes. know, you know, I've been talking to my mom who's with me on this trip, just being like, you know, how do people do it without Christ? I don't know. I, I had an amazing time to sit down with some women this week and who have had to say goodbye to their children. That, I cannot imagine. So they, I literally, that, that is my worst fear Same. in life. Same. Yeah. And yeah. just, you know, but, but understanding that in that moment we can say it is well with my soul. And I pray, I pray that God never tests that in me because me if too. I'm being very honest with you, Rebecca, I don't know what that would do. Same. And and sometimes Same. And this is so morbid. And I recognize as my husband hates this about me. Sometimes I will sit with a worst case scenario to test my emotional resolve. I know. I will no. sit there and be like, okay, my husband's like coming home. He's all four kids. What would I do if they all just died in a bloody car accident? And it's like, okay, I'm not doing that to be morbid, but I test that and, and sometimes I have to bring that to the Lord. And I know that's anxiety and I know that. But it's like, okay, God. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you took all my kids from me, first, just commit me preemptively because I know I would probably need that. I would not be in a good place. And Lord, I don't know how I would do with you. It's easy to say, just trust in the Lord. Everything will be fine. But in those moments where we are struggling, it's okay to wrestle with God. And I just want to say that because I don't know that we say that in the church enough. He's got a big David did. Think about it. The the man after God's own heart, how he wrestled with God. I mean, the Psalms are just full of it, right? So and we think it's he can handle it blasphemous. But the fact is, I think if that's where you're at, that's where God wants to meet you. Mm -hmm. He would encourage that. It's true. You know, when when my kids are mad at me, you know, my kids are six, four and one and one. So it's like I haven't had a lot of those really difficult journeying moments yet. But even at that, like their emotions over not being allowed to watch TV (laughs) or, you know, I mean, I sit with them and I'm like, look, it's okay to be mad at me. If you feel this, yeah. if you are angry, if you are sad and disappointed, that's okay. Now, I'm not going to give you your way. Right. And if you need to sit with that and be angry, if you need to cry, if you need to tell me how you feel, like, please don't do it disrespectfully, but yes. like, right. feel that yeah. and then let's move beyond it because I do know what's best yeah. and I do love you and this is out of a place of love. And I think yeah. seeing that as a parent, how I want that for my kids, mm-hmm. I don't want them to fake it has helped me be encouraged to not fake it with the Lord. And it's when good. I'm struggling, so it's good. okay to so struggle. Good. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah, it is. And have you, have you found in your journey freedom for that? Has Definitely. That Definitely. Um, I've done a lot of counseling. Yes. <laughs> a lot. It's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too. A lot. Exactly. And, and, you know, great Christian people. And I, 
you know, I just feel like coming with my stuff and with my pain and being received in that by just these great people. And then by my husband in my pain, you know, weeping with him and, and good girlfriends and my family, like parents, like I've definitely showed up with my brokenness. And I had a counselor once say like, did you know, Rebecca, that you could sit in a room with someone and not say anything and not give anything and that that is a gift to them simply because of how God has made you like you are a gift, not what you say, not what you do, not how you're on, not how you perform, not like what you feel like you're tangibly giving just your presence is a gift. And I, I think I've had to really like sit on that for a lot of years and just go, okay, because I think there was a lot of um, kind of perfectionism almost that I had to kind of deal with, even with my music and my platform living up to this idea of what people thought of me even. Like, you know, I think there was a, a concept surrounding my person <laughs> that I felt pressure about. And so even kind of allowing my own self to be broken and be in that place with people and be received in that was this lesson of like, I'm actually, I actually only know how loved I am when I show up as my broken authentic self and people still love me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can only really be loved when we let ourselves be seen to that degree. And it's really, it's really sad because I have a a friend um, who's kind of just like somebody I really, really respected, but in they, and they passed away recently, and I only really realized they never felt truly loved in life because they never let anybody get close enough. And I've heard it through family members now, but they never let people in to their life and their heart close enough for their fullness and their brokenness to be seen and then loved in that place. And I, my heart breaks for that person because I think they missed out on one of the most amazing elements of life and most amazing ways God can minister to us is through people loving us right where we're at in our brokenness. So I've experienced that and I'm very thankful. So I'm an advocate for people in safe Christian community sharing right where you're at when you're there. I saw recently this quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it. <clears throat> so if someone's listening and you know how it actually goes, you're going to have to show me But it's uh, the mountains you've climbed might be the page in someone else's survival guide. Mm. And only when we allow ourselves to be seen in our good and in our bad can we give others the freedom to experience where they're at because I mean that's been a huge source of my own struggles as a mom and my own mom guilt which I mean let's be real my gosh if that's not real um (laughs) it is real and and I feel like we can feel it over anything like I mean everything can be a trigger for the mom guilt over the very same thing in opposite ways it's like you know you have you have people who feel guilty because they work outside the home you have people who feel guilty that they don't that they're not contributing Mm. you feel guilty that you know you want to breastfeed 
longer than you should, you, and you feel guilty that you if don't. You did it. You know, yeah. I know. Oh, I know. Thing. You're like, totally I mean, it's right. Our, somewhere. It's just our journey, but it comes from the shoulds. Like I should yeah, feel this. Right. I should do this. You're right. No one else struggles like this. Yeah. And, and you know, everyone else would love to be where I'm at. And this is something I am feeling alone. And that's a lie. It's it is a lie. lie. But and it isolates honest, us. Yeah. And unless we're honest, other people don't feel free to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it takes sometimes people like you, Rebecca, with your platform being like, look, y'all yeah. I'm broken. Yeah. I've seen a therapist. Yeah. I have struggled with God. I've wrestled. I've had doubts. I've had these seasons of, of real darkness. Mm. It's okay. If you're there, Mm -hmm. no one is perfect. No, seriously. How do I do this? And I just think that the more we're honest in that, the more we grant that freedom to others. For Sure. Yeah. Oh girl. I mean, and I mean, we're homeschooling too. So it's like, I'm in the homeschooling community where there is some really, really talented homeschool moms that are just doing all the things. I mean, it is amazing. And I am not that mom. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, me we're, we're, barely, <laughs> we're barely getting some lessons done on some days, you know, and it's like, um, but, but I think the comparison thing, right. We can play that game so easily, easily where, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to motherhood, when it comes to singleness, how are we doing with our singleness? How's our contentment factor? I mean, any season of life, we can play the comparison game. And I think it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to check that. And especially when it comes to social media, I think we need to really look at our hearts and go, well, am I comparing? Am I, am I feeling better than, less than? And, and do I need to put a meter on this and not have it as, as big of a component in my life because it's stealing joy? So I, I just think there's a whole lot there and that God has just been convicting me of and going, I've made you, Rebecca, uniquely. You do not compare yourself to anybody else because I've given a different journey and a different calling to every person. Just stay on track with me and day by day, moment by moment, decision by decision, submit yourself to what I want you to do and biblically what is right and good and do that. But it's Mm going to be unique. It's going to be different. It's not going to be a cookie cutter thing. I think when it comes to especially the mom guilt thing that you're just talking about, I think we've just got to check that and just go, yeah, no, I'm, I'm called to something unique and different. And you are called to something unique and different as is every single person that's listening right now. Yeah. And so, I mean, we can't compare. And yet I think that it helps to present our journey for others to see. Mm -hmm. So not, not so that they can feel sad that they don't have what we have, but like you do, it's like, look, this is just a picture of my spring. Yes. I went through winter and I just want you to see hope. Not, not yeah. so that you're jealous of my kids or the fact that this worked out for me and it's going to work out for you, but just so that you know, it is, it is possible to get through this and God has an answer for your journey. He yeah. knows where it's taking you yes. and it might surprise you. Yes. Yeah. And I know you're, you're alluding to, I think, cause we talked about it off air, but, um, a picture that I posted recently of our little family and we were actually at Red Rocks, which is a venue in Colorado that I've wanted to play at for a really long time and and it was sweet but when I told my story about God I mean I was in Alaska and it was on stage while I'm worshiping him that so much of the pain of my life and the pain of my winter fell away and I mean I walked off stage I knew I was a changed person um and I knew he'd called me back to music in that at that point like a, a and it was right after the miscarriages. It was in the middle of that. And actually, I'd shown up on stage at that event and said, we're in the middle of it right now. Like, we are 
in the middle of a lot of pain. Um, and we're wrestling with, you know, how to handle that. And we're just trying to trust God. And I felt like he, God called me to that place of vulnerability, but he brought spring to my heart. And then I fell pregnant with Imogen, our second daughter after that. So really our kids, when I, I don't often bring them on stage, but every now and then I feel prompted to, as what you said, I, this picture of spring, of a dawn. And sometimes even in this season of my life where it is, there is a lot of spring, there's still a lot of winter too. Yeah. Girl, there's mm-hmm. still a lot of winter. Definitely. And there's still this, this pain and it's like reconciling. So much of life is both, right? It's spring and winter. And so even in the same way, season where God has brought so much redemption, I want to be honest about even with all that good, there's still pain Mm -hmm. and that's okay because that's life on this side of heaven, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's never going to be perfect as much as we want it to be. Your spring, your redemption might look different to that because the needs of your life are different and he might bring a different looking kind of like sunrise, but know that he does do that for all of us. He brings a sunrise and we have to wait on him for that. So Rebecca, I've been, I've been blessed by your prayer and just your heart for that. And so I just, as we wrap up, would you be praying for that person who's in that place and who yep. doesn't see hope on the other side? For sure. That'd yep. be amazing. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time with Summer. Thank you so much for just real conversation about life and about you and the highs and the lows. And Lord, I just pray that you give each one of us strength to trust you when it hurts, strength to carry on with hope when life is agonizing, and it is sometimes, Lord, strength to be thankful when so much, so many times we can just only see the challenges and the problems, Lord. I, I pray that you give us strength to be honest and authentic with safe Christian community and and to know the warmth and the love that you can show us through other believers, Lord. I, I just pray that you reach the person that is listening right now that just feels hopeless, super discouraged, and, and doesn't see an end in sight. I pray that you will give them, that you will so just give peace to their heart right now, that you will yes. give joy, that you will give hope, that you will surround them with people. Yes that they can turn to in that pain, that we'll weep with them as they weep, Lord, that we'll grieve the losses and then we'll move with them into a new season. I pray that you do bring spring and that you bring it very, very tangibly and in a very real way to them, Lord, Mm. that you show them their spring, that you show them their sunrise, that you show them their dawn and that they can really um, rest in you and have a story to tell because of it. So Lord, we love you. And we commit our lives to you and we just, we honor you, Lord, above all, all the yes. things in life that, that we can struggle with. You are above all of it, Lord, and we acknowledge that. And we love you. Thank you for Summer. Bless her life, Lord, and, um, and her family. And we, we just give all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's a quote that I love that says, sometimes when we are struggling in the dark, we feel like we've been buried. But in reality, we've been planted. Maybe God is taking you through what you're going through right now because he's got spring on the mind. He knows where you're going and he promises to be working everything together for our good. Doesn't always feel that way though, right? It's okay to mourn that in the moment 
to own the journey, the mountains we're climbing, to encourage each other, but choose joy because there's always things to be grateful for. I hope you were blessed by today's conversation. I hope you're reminded that we all find ourselves in that place sometimes, that place of disappointment, that place where we feel like we're drowning, but it's not the end. It's not the end. Now, I do not believe that God is a fat lady, but the saying, (laughs) it's not over till the fat lady sings. Here's the thing. God has not sang the final song that is to wrap up the chapter of your life quite yet. And so while you are here, there's work to do and there's work that he's doing. So be encouraged, be encouraged. But if you need someone to talk to, if you need someone to pray with, if you need someone to just listen, I'd love to connect with you more. You can shoot me an email, summer at seriouslyhow.com. Or you can just search for No Seriously, How Do I Do This? at Facebook. Connect with a whole community of people there. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast to get it every single, well, every other week, (laughs) then do that as well. The point is stay connected. Reach out. Don't do this thing alone. You are never called to do this thing alone. You are loved, my friend. You are loved and you are not alone. 